When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Baseball Together podcast, baseball family. For those of you new to the show, we are here to raise money for the nonprofit organization called Up, whose mission is to give disadvantaged young ball players the equipment they need to play the game we all love. We also want to unite communities by improving or rebuilding baseball facilities in areas suffering economic or environmental hardship. At this time, You can support by purchasing t-shirts and other baseball-related apparel and accessories from 9plusus.com. 10% of all sales go directly to the cause. Again, that's 9plusus.com. That's the number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S dot com. 9plusus.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Baseball Together podcast. Brought to you by 9 Plus Us. Welcome to episode three of the Baseball Together podcast, Baseball Family. I am Brad, and I am joined again by Brig. What up, family? (laughs) (laughs) We're coming to you today. We have current events to get into. We have other stuff. We're going to talk about uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred today. We have some thoughts that we're going to share about him. Uh, but let's get going. Let's get going with these current events. Okay. So, Brig, did you see this fight last week? There was a, a Colorado Youth League. It wasn't Little League, but it was a Youth League. Right. Okay? Yeah. And it sounds like there was a – it looked like there was a call that somebody didn't like, and there was a full-on brawl Yeah. on the field. I I don't know what leads to this. I don't know what leads people to think this is okay. No. But what do you think about this? Well – so the umpire, it all really got started with chirping from the from the parents. And then the umpire warns the entire field. He said he warns the coaches on both sides. He warns the parents on both sides. And uh, once he issued the warning, you know, th- that's when things escalated and got out of hand. Now, the, the kicker here is that the umpire was 13. Yeah, that's really the big 13 thing years is, old. These are just kids umpiring <laughs> these games. Right. And... He, and you know, I've I've been in a situation I, like as like I said before, I've, I coached. It wasn't a little league team; it was just a, a youth league in Utah. And yeah. same thing, there was thirteen year old kids umpiring these games, and we were in we were in a close game, and uh, there was a, there was a big play at the plate, and we went and I'll be honest with you, it was a, it was a discussion, but I was excited. I wasn't yelling. I may have mm-hmm. raised my voice, um, sure, but I think that that kind of escalated things with the, with the other team because we were the best team in the league. I'll be honest with you, and they were t- and this team was towards the bottom, and this was a close game. They ended up beating us, um, but their fans throughout this game were not good, and I think that's really what got me so riled up about the whole thing was that this was this would have been the winning run, and we would have had a chance to get out of there, just be done. Yeah. 
but the thing that really riled me up about this was that their fans were not being good. They like they were not just, they weren't being good sports. Um, we had kids who sometimes would swing at bad pitches just because you know they're eleven, twelve year old kids are going to swing at bad pitches. Sure, right. And we would we would hear from the other the other stands we hear good swing, yeah. Instead of saying good pitch, you know, encouraging their kids, uh, they were sarcastically. You know, they were they were jeering mocking our kids, kids. Yeah, mocking yeah. our kids, and that was really the issue that I had. And I, and even at that point, I don't feel like this is okay. And if it's going to get to the point where parents are going to fight, I mean, do you just do you just not have parents come to games anymore? No, well, you can't do that. Yeah, that's, I, that's never going to be the right answer. But the I think I, one of the quotes from this thirteen-year-old umpire is that. You know, he said, I shouldn't have to tell a grown man how to behave around little kids. Right. And I think that's really interesting because, you know, the, it was profanity. The reason the kid issued the warning, the umpire, rather, was because of profanity mm-hmm. coming from all all around, I think. Anyway, so I think the, the initial, like, I, I go to games, I go to minor league games or whatever, and I'll sit next to a group of college kids or, you know, somebody who's... Mm-hmm feeling 10 feet tall and bulletproof after, especially by about the sixth <laughs> inning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they start throwing out all this profanity and look, I'm not afraid of profanity. I don't even, right. it's like, whatever. I don't like, I was in the army for a long time, occupational hazard, right? Like right. I'm no, no stranger, <laughs> but there's a time and a place and the ballpark is just, isn't the place, especially when there are kids around. So time and time again, I've had mm-hmm. to say something to people where I'm like, Hey man, look, we got kids around here. And so most people are pretty self-aware. I don't, you know, you don't run into it too often, but it does happen. Right. Yeah. And I just, I just think it's unfortunate. These kids and seven year old, seven year old teams. Yeah. These kids were seven. Get it together. I mean, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, what happens at these, at these kids games sometimes. Yeah. There's no place for it. It kind of makes me think, I wonder what the deeper story is like, you know, have these two teams met multiple times and have the parents and players been at each other, especially the parents, right? Have they been at each other in yeah. the past? You know, there's got to be more to this story than just somebody got set off. Yeah. And I would think with seven-year-olds, especially, it has to be that something happened with the parents because I don't think seven-year-old kids are going to be going at each other. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, it was just the you parents. Know. But yeah. yeah, it's just so, fascinating. Yeah. Anyways, in a little bit lighter, in a little bit of lighter story. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays have been toiling around in the <laughs> hapless, I don't know if hapless is the word, let's call it a trash hole, a Tropicana field. <laughs> <laughs> Most you, people agree with that. You've seen the Trop, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, I've never been in it, but I've driven past it. Yeah. Even on the outside, it doesn't look good. <laughs> right. So what they're, what they're doing is, I think this is possibly like, part of a leverage play to get a new stadium, but they're oh, going to yeah. quote unquote explore playing half their home schedule in Montreal. Well, they've already been approved. Major league baseball said right. it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're, they've been approved to explore it. Right. To just explore. to see how it's exactly. going to work out, how it's going right. to work out. I think this is great for a number of reasons. Like I said, leverage to get a new stadium uh, mm-hmm. to get out of St. Petersburg. Um, and ultimately I think what they should do with that team, just move into Montreal. No, I just think that's one of their their fallback plans. Like, obviously, they need a new facility, but I, I think you're right. I think they would love to be in Montreal full-time. Yeah, they really should be. I mean, I feel like there was a good fan base up there before. There still is. There's there's a, I think oh, yeah. there's a want for football or 
football. There's a want for baseball up there. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there is one in the Tampa Bay area. Well, they, their stadium is empty. No, until the, the Yankees playoffs, show up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think they even drew in the playoffs. Not, not definitely not sell out crowds. The Cubs, the Cubs played yesterday at like noon or something like that. It was mm. like a day game and it was a sellout crowd. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. The Cubs I mean? have always sold out during the day. Just, it's just Cub tradition. But it's a work week, right? So yeah. even then, and kids are at the stadium, like they're not getting, they're getting pulled out of school. I guess there's no school right now, but it's not uncommon to see parents pull their kids out of school in these bigger markets just to go to a day game, just because they yeah. got an opportunity to go. They're not doing that in St. Pete. And you know, high schoolers play hooky to go. Of course. To go to games because Ferris Bueller told us that. So. Yeah, that's right. Well, he was right. <laughs> he knows how. But I, th- I think the, the biggest thing with all of this is we need the Expos back in the league because we need the best hat in the history of Major League Baseball <laughs> with the Montreal Expos hat. I mean, it's is, fantastic. It, it really is with, with the different panels. It's just a perfect hat. Yeah, I absolutely love the design. But would they still be called the Expos? Or are they going to go back to that? Yeah, I think they would because, um, for example, in the NBA, uh, the Seattle so- uh, Sonics, Supersonics, yeah, they yeah. got moved to Oklahoma City, right? Right. But any team that goes back to Seattle, because that team, that name is still in Seattle. Any team that goes back to Seattle is going to keep that name. Hmm. So I think if they go back to Montreal, they'd change their name back to the Expos. Interesting. So okay. I think that's how they. Cool. Would, I think that's how it works. Okay, so I got I got a question for you. Another thing came up yesterday um, about Manny Machado. Yes. He here's the situation. Um, <laughs> he argued a call. It was a called strike mm-hmm. uh, with the home plate umpire, and argue is probably a light way to address this. It. It got out of control pretty quickly. Anyway, he bumped chests with the home plate umpire. Um, string of what looked like profanity. I don't right. know if I could say for sure, but it didn't look pleasant. Uh, and he ended up throwing his helmet. And then after his manager pulled him aside and took over the conversation, he hurled his bat at the backstop. Right. And so what's happened now is that, that he's been suspended. And the Umpires Association has issued a statement that equates his actions with workplace violence and unacceptable behavior and uh, making an example of him and things like that. And we'll have the link to the article in the show notes. But what are your thoughts, Brad? What do you think about that? I think the umpires are blowing this out of proportion, to be completely honest, because he did. Yes, he did throw his bat, but there was nobody around where he threw it. And bats are flying all over the place um, in baseball anyway. And I feel like when there are arguments going on, I feel like the, as far as escalation and the heat of that argument, the way that Machado was arguing with him, it was kind of par for the course. I mean, I know he threw his bat and he threw his helmet and everything, but I mean, you ever watch Lou Pinella go off on an umpire? Oh, yeah, but Lou wasn't an active player when he went off on umpires like that. No, he was a manager. But right. at the same time, though, I mean, it's and yes, it was a strike, but there had to have been something going on earlier because I was trying to read Machado's lips as much as I can because I love to read lips during a during yeah. a, a good argument. Um, but it looked like he'd said something like "all game," right? Right. So there's obviously something had been going on there, 
that would just the outside corner pitch there that was a strike. I'll, I'll say that it was a strike, but there had been something going on with that that placement of that pitch that had been driving him and or the Padres crazy all game. That maybe his pitcher hadn't been getting that pitch. Sure, you know. So yeah, I didn't watch the game, so I don't really know all that context. But yeah, no, I I don't I don't feel like guys will just blow up on a call third strike like that. It, there's got to be things that have that have led up to it. And I like Machado. I think he's a great player. He's fun to watch. Um, so I'm gonna defend him, but I do think he went a little bit over the top throwing throwing his bat. But I don't think we can I don't think you can equate it to workplace violence. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to disagree with you. Okay. Um, I, I agree that it, I don't know that I would call it workplace violence either, mm-hmm. but I also believe that, you know, maybe, maybe this has been going on for a lot longer than we think, right? Way beyond just this one game because Manny Machado is a hothead, yes. right? And he, he not, and he, go, it goes way beyond being an emotional player. Like last week we talked about Mad Bomb and he's an emotional player and I right. got, that's fine. But Machado, he's a whole different animal, right? He is, He's chirping constantly. Um, you know, he's got a bad attitude a lot of times, especially back a few years ago when he was playing with the Orioles. And and he just was in, it seems like he was in a, the middle of a fight all the time. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that the, M, the MLB Umpires Association or Union or whatever they're called are, are taking the opportunity to finally go after this guy. Because I think, I agree with you, he's a great player. He's fun to watch. He draws a crowd. All of that is good for baseball, right? And he's a phenomenal athlete, but his attitude is just toxic. So I just can't, I don't know. I can't defend him. I don't know that I would go so far as to say workplace violence, but I'm not on his side. Yeah. And I, can, I think I the can suspension should stand. Oh, yeah. He should definitely be suspended. And I feel like if you get tossed out of the game for arguing balls and strikes or or anything like that. I, I feel like any any ejection should come with a suspension just because guys take it so willy nilly. They don't take it seriously. Right. You know, they don't they don't take ejections seriously. So there should no, be don't. an extra consequence, especially in a hundred and sixty two game season. Sure. One extra game I don't think is a big deal. And maybe Bryce Harper would take things a little bit more seriously and not get tossed from games so much. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe he would. Yeah. We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> we sure will. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, like, I said, like we said, we're going to be talking about Rob Manfred, sharing some of our thoughts and some of the things that he is doing right now in baseball. Hey, Mike, Catherine, those are some cool T-shirts you guys have. Thanks, man. Yeah, I got it from 9plusus.com. They have tons of great baseball designs. Yeah, I wear my 9plusus clothing all the time. My favorite, Jim Tank, says diamonds are everyone's best friend. And my go-to shirt for barbecue says a hot dog at the ballpark is better than steak at the Ritz. Wow, I love that. Right? Isn't that so cool? Yeah, I also got this snapback from 9plusus. It's, they're really the greatest stuff. Well, I'm going to have to do some shopping after this batter. What was that site again? So, yeah, it's 9plusus.com. So the number 9, right, 9 players on the field, plus us. So 9, the number 9, P-L-U-S-U-S.com. Shop9plusus.com, apparel for game day and every day. Welcome back, baseball family. We are going to launch into this week's uh, rundown. <laughs> yeah, let's do a rundown. Let's do a rundown. 
Don't get caught in the rundown. All right, you ready, Brad? Ready and waiting. Question one, favorite TV show? How I Met Your Mother. Nice. Yes. Yes. What, what position would you play in today's MLB environment? Catcher. Favorite book of all time? Mm-hmm. Harry Potter. The first one? All of them. Oh, which one? You got to pick a favorite between those. Five. Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Uh, favorite holiday? Fourth of July. The most annoying rule in baseball? Infield fly. <laughs> Play the ball. Play the ball. Play the ball. Um, do you believe in extraterrestrial life? Yes, I do. Favorite let me hobby? Let me... What? I was going to say, let me get my tinfoil hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite hobby? Playing video games. What's your favorite video game? I am a huge nerd for the Assassin's Creed franchise. Nice. What would you name your yacht? Oh, man. I had a name. I actually have one sitting around. I just can't think of it right now. What, what was it? Um, shoot. I'm going to get caught. Oh, man. My yacht oh, it would be probably just... I'm going to go with Jojo Cornell for now. Okay. I figured. <laughs> Favorite former MLB player? Ken Griffey Jr. Favorite current MLB player? D. Gordon. What's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, I got a lot of them. <laughs> um, oh, geez. Just got to pick one. Uh, people, when they bounce their knee, if you're sitting next to them. <laughs> okay, and the last question. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Which current pitcher would you take yard? Would I take yard? Yeah. Somebody on the Mariner staff. Um, <laughs> probably Mike Leak. Mike Leak. Oh, I did a bomb off that guy. <laughs> Not really, but I'd be most likely to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that wraps up this rundown. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't oh, hit a bomb off anybody in the MLB. Yeah, me neither. That's no. tough pitching, tough pitching. Remember that? Remember that part of rookie of the year when he stands there, one foot, in, you know, to his toes in the box. Oh, yeah. And he throws a curved ball and he falls over. That's about how I would handle it. <laughs> and I would, I'd probably be able to stand in the box, but it would. They just, if they just threw me fastballs, I'd be, they would be past me before I knew what had happened. And then a curve ball, <laughs> it's like it's like Crash Davis says, exploding sliders, like. Yes, it would just be it'd be like at your knees and then on the ground before you knew what happened. I'd I'd probably walk if they threw me curveballs because I wouldn't swing at any of them. Right. Because I wouldn't know (laughs) what to do with it. (laughs) One of these days, I'll tell you the story about the first time I ever saw curveball. We'll wait for that another day. I bet I know what happened. Yeah, I'll bet you do. Your knees buckled (laughs) and you wet your pants. Yes, that is part of the story. (laughs) There was crying, you know, like I was 24, you know, it's great. (laughs) No, no. Oh, man. Okay, so let's (laughs) let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the commish. Okay. Yeah, let's get into the commission. I have some thoughts to share on the commission. Yeah, me too. So the first 
the biggest thing, let's just umbrella this right now, is we're, we need to talk about his seemingly unending efforts to change the game. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has their opinion on these things, but we're going to get into the just a couple of the specifics. So let's just take on pace of play right now. Brad, what are, you, what are your thoughts on pace of play and what, what the commish is trying to do to uh, address that issue? So for me, yes, pace of play has always kind of been a little bit of an issue in baseball. I understand that for most people. For me, it's fine. I like it. You've talked before about kind of the picnicky atmosphere of baseball because pitch, wait a couple, wait a little bit, pitch. You know, I yeah. enjoy that as well. I understand that some people it's a little bit slow for them. It's too slow, but with what he's doing, as far as um, suggesting a pitch clock, I think is ridiculous because. You can't you can't tell a pitcher, okay, you've got to throw the ball in 30 seconds, 45 seconds or whatever, because if that mm-hmm. clock is behind home plate or in the outfield or wherever it is, and the runner can see it, if it's getting down to two seconds, that runner, think of the jump he's going to get. I right. mean, granted, yeah, it'll be nice that people, that guys are still in bases again, but but it would just, runners would just have a heyday, right? Yeah. Because any time that pitch clock gets low, I mean, as a runner, I'd be like, I'm out, I'm gone, you know, sure. because you know exactly when the pitch is going. And then another one is, is pitchers face three batters or finish the inning because they're, they don't want to have so many pitching changes, Yeah, you know, and, and I understand that as far as cutting down on pitching changes, but I don't feel like you can do that because it, it completely changes the strategy of the game. It completely changes the way you're playing the game. It completely changes your matchups and things like that. And, and I know you, you, you bring in relievers and say, okay, we're going to, he's going to get us through the inning. You know, you've got a setup man. who's going to get us through the eighth and you've got middle, middle relievers right. going to get us through the seventh. But if a guy's stuff just isn't on, I mean, three batters, if he comes in with runners on first and second and he has to face three batters and can't get anybody out, all of a sudden you could have, you could have just given up five runs. Yeah. It's true. And yeah. so, I mean, if, if that guy comes in and gives up a home run on his first pitch and the, and the manager's like, nope, he doesn't have today. We need to get him out. I, I, I feel like they have to have that kind of leeway. You can't just say, well, you got to face three batters because you can dig yourself a yeah. hole real fast with that kind of problem. Yeah. So a couple things. I live in the Carolinas, and I'm we have the South Atlantic League here where they are piloting the pitch clock. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching it. When I go to minor league games, it's we're running the pitch clock, and it's fascinating. So the rule down here, at least, and I think one of the rules they're playing with is that the pitcher has to be set. Oh, he has to be set. He just has to be set. Yeah, he doesn't have to throw the ball. He just has to get set. He has to hold the ball and be set, whether that's in the stretch or from the windup. You know, it doesn't matter. But he has to set, be set and ready to go uh, before the clock ends. And then from there, he can take as much time as he needs. So... Uh, to your point about stealing bases, I, I don't think that's necessarily an issue because of that rule. Okay, yeah, and I and I thought it was going to work kind of like a shot clock, and I was like, that doesn't right. make sense. But even then, though, I feel like a pitcher can still just he can st- he can stand set forever. Yep. So I don't think it does anything. Yep, he could. Now, and it, and it's interesting when you talk about the uh, uh, the th- you know three batters minimum kind of thing or end the inning or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. 
I, that makes no sense to me for the same reasons yeah. <laughs> that you, you've illustrated. <laughs> I think Joe Madden would literally have an aneurysm. <laughs> yes, he would. He wouldn't know what to do with himself. <laughs> people, <laughs> that dude rotates pitchers in and out more than anybody I've or ever seen. Or he keeps seen. them in the game, too. He'll send a pitcher out to he left does. field so he can bring him in three batters later. Yeah, it's true, and it's absolutely hilarious. His little card, he would be <laughs> scribbling all over it. Yeah. Um, by the way, shameless plug for Cub, Cubs Way. If yes. you haven't read the book Cubs Way, you should got to go get it. Do it. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. But, um, uh, okay, there's another rule change that's being proposed, and it's actually going to start being piloted next season down here in, I think, the South Atlantic League again. But they are going, they're talking about moving the rubber back two feet in the playoffs. So the mound rubber would move backward away from the plate two feet Mm -hmm. during the playoffs. What are your thoughts on that? So I don't, I don't think you can do that. Two feet is a lot. That's a whole lot. I mean, we've watched fastball. We've watched the science of timing of how long it takes a fastball to get to a batter. Um, That would wreak havoc on pitchers. I mean, a hundred and a hundred mile an hour fastball becomes what ninety five basically at that point. Maybe slower. Yeah, I mean, it's that's two feet is really far for a pitcher. Yeah, I don't know if they'd be able to get out. To be honest with you, so I'm worried about I'm worried about arms, mm-hmm. right? right? Like that makes me think that that uh, players are going to fatigue their arms further, right? It's already at the end of the season, and and we're already straining. Um, especially if you head into a playoff scenario, if you played in the all-star game or whatever it is. So, you know, the life on those arms during a regular season now becomes a genuine health concern. Right. And it's an investment concern for the ballpark or the ball club. And so I, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it, especially when you consider how, you know, home runs are a legitimate concern for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I know I'm not alone in that, but it's funny because these that like the newer fans, the the people that are just barely starting to get into baseball and trying to explore fandom, they love home runs. And that's because over the last 10 or 15 years or even 20 years, that's been all we want to talk about and all we want to see. Mm-hmm. But now it's becoming uh, kind of a, sh- you know, shrouded evil. I well, guess it's gotten to the point where it's either strike out or hit a home run. And that's, that's not good. Right. That's not good for the game. No, and especially in the American League, I feel like it's less so in the National League. But in the American League, it's it's you know do or die every time you step up to the plate. I wrote an article about it a couple of months ago. You can check it out. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. But for me, you know, a well executed bunt is way more exciting than a home run, and you're going to end up with more home runs once they push the rubber back a couple of feet. That's my opinion. And another big thing with pushing the rubber back is it's going to mess with pitchers' curveballs. Anything that breaks. Um, yeah. Curveballs are going to yeah, right. curveballs are going to loop more because they're going to have to have they're going to have to throw it more. I guess at the like a right-handed pitcher is going to have to throw it more at the batter to get it to break to break over the plate. And I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, there's nothing that I loved more as a player than a nice big looping curveball. I played against a kid in our league who the first time you saw it, like the first the first time he threw it to you, you didn't know what to think. But then the next time he threw it at you, you knew exactly what to think and you would send it over the fence because the thing was just, just a looper. And I feel like there's going to be yeah. more of that. Um, and I totally agree with you on the arms. And I, under, and I understand guys are throwing fastballs two, two feet past the pit, or two feet, two feet, I cannot talk, two feet past the catcher anyway. Sometimes, yeah. But 
the the extra exertion isn't going to be good on those arms, especially that point in the season. Mm. If anything, move yeah. it back early and then move it up. But or just keep it consistent, right? Yeah, it, it has to. See, be that's consistent. my you, argument. You can't mess with the size. You can't mess with the dimensions of the field part through the part through the season because you're changing the rules of the game. No. You change everything, yeah. right? That that changes the way you back up first base if you're a pitcher. That changes the way that ground balls are fielded. That changes everything, and it's just absurd. Two more feet to field a bunt. Yeah, exactly. So it's just it doesn't make any sense to me. And if you're gonna have to keep it consistent anyway, you might as well keep it sixty feet six inches. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like it's been that way for a billion years. Just don't mess with it. Yeah. That's my opinion, but. Okay, what the other rule that's been proposed to change uh, is very similar is that they're they're looking at making the bases bigger. Yes. They're talking 2 to 3 inches all the way around. What do you think about that? I think this one kind of makes sense uh in the sense that there are just enough bang bang plays, especially at first base, where you'll get an extra base runner or two a game out of this. Mm-hmm. Which wouldn't which would encourage guys running out and field ground balls which i don't think everybody should but speed guys for sure run out that infield ground ball drag bunt more because you have a couple extra inches to get you there right yeah um guys are going to steal more because the base because the dis- distance between the bases is just a little bit shorter right yeah and so i i think it would it would get the game moving a little bit more just because it is such a game of inches so I'm I'm okay with this in that sense, um, and it is just enough that you're not going to look, you're not going to watch a game and be like, "Whoa, who put the pillows out?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are concerned about that. That's why I made sure to mention that you know it's two to three inches. Yeah, yeah, it, it's just I feel like it's just enough that to make enough of a difference mentally for guys that they're more willing to mm-hmm. to do those small things to to mm-hmm. to get things moving on the bases. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with a little bit more. All right. From proper baseball hat-wearing etiquette to baseball in Cuba to first-hand experiences at ballparks across America, Baseball Together provides you with baseball-themed reading material at your fingertips with an online magazine hosted by Medium.com. As a supplement to our podcast, you can read more about the topics we discuss each week when you read Baseball Together. So, whether you're waiting at the doctor's office, sitting at the bus stop, or just have a couple of extra minutes, you can read in-depth breakdowns about current events in the sport we all love, or enjoy light reading involving the emotional side of baseball that brings us all together. Visit medium.com and search baseball together, because sometimes you just want to read about baseball. We're back. Thank you for sticking with us, baseball family. So we want to finish up talking about uh, some of the things that Rob Manfred wants to implement into baseball. Um, I think the biggest thing lately that we've, that we've actually spoken about previously is the safety netting. Yep. Um, I think this is so important and it drives me crazy that he will not take a stand on this and just say, yep, we're going to implement it. It's going to go all the way down to the foul line. We're not going to do it right now just because of, um, infrastructure and things like that with stadiums, but we're definitely going to do it in the off season. Right. I feel like he can do that. Yeah, he could do that. Right. Instead of saying, well, you know, cause he sounds, he seems like a jellyfish, <laughs> you know, it's just, well, well, waffling, waffling. I don't know what we're going to do. 
the decision. You've got to put you've got to put that netting up. The White Sox have already done it. I noticed the other day I was watching the Yankee game and they have their netting all the way down to that yeah, dog leg. They the do. And I I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And he just needs to say everybody do it. Everybody's yeah. got to do well, it. Well, and even down here in the minor leagues, you know, they're starting to do it. The local team here, the Greenville Drive, they've they've got netting all over the place now. And it's not excessive, but it's definitely appropriate, definitely preventative. And, you know, I don't see any problem with it. I know it is an added expense and it is, you know, cost is one of those things that everybody gripes about, you know, front offices and stuff like that. But, you know, the fan experience is the most important thing. It's a product, you know, yeah. and if it's not uh, safe, how can it be entertaining? Yeah. And if, if a mom's going to say, I don't want to take my kids to the game because I don't want them to get hit by a foul ball. Yeah. Then you're losing ticket sales. Yep. That's a legitimate concern. So speaking of fan experience. So there are some things that I feel like Manfred has done that um, are not good for the game with fan experience. Um, one of them is is the marketing. Like you've got a guy here that he t- uh, one of my favorite players. I mean, I'm a Mariners fan, but I like so many of the Angels for some reason. I wonder if it's because I'm married to an Angels fan. I love watching Mike Trout. I love watching Mike Trout. I play. do too. But last year during the All Star break, he said that he's got to make himself more marketable. And I totally disagree with that. Yeah. If you if you think your players have to make themselves more marketable, then your marketing department is failing. <laughs> because sure. this is easily the most marketable guy. You you can market a guy when he doesn't talk. Just insert him into commercials. How long have you been there, Mike? Well, I've been here the whole time. Yep. You know. And then I think the thing above it all is he's led the league in war in how many years? All He's the them. god of war. He's the god He's of war. He's the god of war. Yeah, he sure Buy is. the rights to the god of war. Market him as Ares, whatever you got to do. This right. guy is the god of war. Market him as such. Right. Throw it out there. Put him out there with, the, you know, whatever, the body paint and everything and his bat. He's the god of war. I feel like Major League Baseball marketing is failing by not taking advantage of, of, things, of small things like that with, with guys and just taking advantage of even little personality quirks. Totally. Well, it's the same with Javi Baez. I mean, he's El Mago for a reason. The dude literally, I mean, he's a magician. I can't, I've never seen anything like it. And he's the most fun to watch. I think he's more fun to watch than Mike Trout. Honestly. I've never got on YouTube and been like, uh, tag out at second base highlights. Until Except now. for with Javi Baez. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah, guy, he's so flashy. Like, Last year in the World Baseball Classic, that one where he's pointing down at Yachty as he mm-hmm. catches the ball and makes the tag, like that is so <laughs> slick and so sweet. It is I mean, sweet. I've never seen anybody do anything like that. It's no, awesome. He's he's the most fun player in the whole league to watch right now, and it's just undisputable or indisputable. You just can't. It doesn't get better than watching Javi Baez with a glove right now, and even with a bat. You know, I mean, I saw a couple of weeks ago he threw his bat at a bouncer. Right, it was a breaking ball that that hit the the dirt in front of the plate. Javi Baez threw his bat at the ball as it bounced up off of the ground in front of home plate. He connected and made it to you know made it on base. So it doesn't matter what he does right now. He's the most exciting player in baseball, especially with a team like the Cubs. You think he'd be easy to market? That is yeah. one of the most popular teams in the country. I mean, you've yeah. got the Yankees. Red Sox and Cubs. Yeah, and the like Dodgers. Our, yeah, the Dodgers. Those are the big four. He should be easy to market. 
mm-hmm. but for some reason they're I don't feel like they're doing it. No, it's it it doesn't make sense to me, and he shouldn't be ripping on his players in interviews saying, "Well, he's got to do more." No, 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 no. That's your job to market these guys. His job is to go out there and play baseball. It's your brand. You have to leverage the resources you have available, and you have to leverage the narrative and and create the narrative. It's your job. Yeah, yeah, truly. So know. let's talk about a few things that I feel like they that can be done. Um, and I think with pace of play is I don't want the game to speed up too much because I think short games suck. I went to a Mariners-Yankees game a few years ago. The The official game time was two hours and one minute. It was like a two-to-one wow. game. That's fast. I felt like I felt like we got robbed. Mm-hmm. We were in and out of there. I mean, we were in and out of there before I knew what had happened. That's a movie. Yeah, yeah. We had, I think my son was uh, almost two at the time. He just turned one. He wasn't very old, so he slept for probably three innings, which was fine, (laughs) you know. And sometimes it can get hard with kids. Uh, My daughter has autism, and she doesn't love going to games, but if we get her distracted, totally, we can get through it, you know. She she can work through it, and she can be just fine. Um, But as as a fan, I don't I don't like short games. So yeah, me neither. um, I. I don't think they should try to uh, try to speed things up too much. And I feel like a lot of that pressure is coming from the media because I know that I've spoken to media members who are like, you kidding me? I My perfect game is 53 consecutive outs and a walk-off home run. Let's go home. <laughs> like, That's yeah, because I know they're got, working. Yeah, I know you're working. You've got to meet deadline, and you're at you know 81 games a year yeah. or however many your, your league covers. And, and it's not as enjoyable covering a game as it is just sitting watching it. No, so absolutely. I get that's that. absolutely true. Yeah. But that's the voice that he's bowing to. He's not bowing to the voice of the fans who just want to go sit and enjoy a game. Yep. You know? But if he does if if the commissioner does want to speed things up, the things that I think that can be done is just have batters keep one foot in the box. You know, don't have them walking around in the dirt, adjusting their batting gloves, tying their shoes every, between every pitch. Yep. Things like that, you know. That's a great just idea. Keep, yeah. Keep a foot in the box, look down at third base. Get your sign, dig back in, and get ready to go. You can even adjust your gloves. Yeah, you've got time to adjust your gloves while you're waiting. Sure. While you're waiting, but you don't have to do the Nomar Garcia Parra where you're <laughs> adjusting each glove five times. Yep. And then don't have pitchers throw so many pitches between innings. Right now, new pitchers throw eight pitches, which I understand you're coming into the game from the bullpen, but even then, you've warmed up in the bullpen. Just throw five. Yeah. You know? Throw five from the bullpen, and then maybe once you once you're in between innings, three or four. Because I like unless that. It's, unless that inning, unless that like a ten run inning, you know, you don't need more than three or four. And I feel like this will help guys with their arms too, because they're talking about how there's only so many bullets in the guns, and they're, and, and they're not throwing hundred percent on that on those warm up pitches anyway. Yeah. So I I feel like that would help with the quote unquote so many bullets in the gun philosophy. Sure save some of those bullets and just get the game moving. I know they have the, the clock in between innings, but just cut that down a little bit by taking some of those pitches away. I think that's a great suggestion. Um, the other thing I will say is that this mound visit thing, limiting the mound visits, everybody was like really pissed about this. And it's actually turned out to be a non-issue and it, not, yeah, it's true. not just a non-issue, but it's actually benefiting the game. So that leads me to believe that, that you know, I, it's opened my eyes to see that some of these r- changes they want to make regarding pace of play might not be as bad as we think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my my only thing is that you don't change the integrity of the game as long as it stays the same game that we've been watching for years and years um you know i don't mind it i don't mind limiting the the like you said the pitches that's perfect the warm-ups i don't mind mm-hmm. a pitch clock because it's it only affects them getting set right it's just like don't yeah. dink around um so yeah i don't know i it's it's been interesting because everybody was up in arms about the mound visit thing, and now it's it's actually a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't too concerned about the mound visit thing just because in every other sport you only have a certain number of timeouts. Yeah, that's true. You know, and and you can you can still kind of have code strategy. I mean, in football they have they're yelling out stuff all the time. You know, and yeah, the other exactly. team doesn't generally know what it is. And we used to in high school as a catcher, I'd come out and I'd give signals to everybody across the field. You know, we had, we had we had signals that we'd use so everybody knew what was going on. So you don't have to go to the mound to talk strategy and, and work out what you're going to do. I mean, there's a reason pitchers and catchers have signs. Yep. And they get real, they can get really complex because yeah, for you're sure. communicating a lot of information across, you know, 60 feet with just fingers. So fingers and glove swipes and head nods yeah. and. And if yeah, you're David exactly. Cohn, you don't even do a head nod or a finger sw- glove swipe or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stare him down till he changes the sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not moving. I'm Something not moving. Else. Yep. Clearly, I don't want to throw that pitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So there, I do feel like there's a lot of a lot of stuff that the the commissioner has proposed to change that doesn't need to be changed. Like you said, it's the integrity of the game. Moving the mound back two feet that would completely change the game. You can't, you, you can't do that. Yeah. But small That's things like changing the size of the bases, um, doing little things to pace a play without doing major overhauls. I feel like, yeah. I feel like are fine, but my big, my biggest thing overall, if he's got to make a decision, well, I mean, one if, of... if he's, if he's going to make a, if he's going to make a change, make a rule change somewhere, he's got to say, this is the way it's going to be. This is how we're going to do it. He can't sit and say, well, you know, this is we've been kicking this around. Don't bring it to the public until you have something for us. Yeah. Is, is my biggest thing. Huh, interesting. My biggest thing is stop comparing us to basketball and football. Different sports. Right. Yeah. They're totally yeah. different. Different strategy, different level of, of uh, you know, athleticism in different ways. You know, I mean, it's just different. Baseball is explosive. Right, not that those other sports aren't, but they're they're on the move a lot in basketball. We get compared to basketball a lot, and those guys are always moving. Baseball is not that way, right? Right. Yeah. So, stop comparing us to basketball and stop comparing us to football. It's they're different. And anyway, anyway, that, I could rant about that, but that's my biggest issue, is that the media, especially, and I feel like some new fans are picking up on that, and they're saying, "Well, yeah, well, in basketball, right." They change. They move the three point line back. I'm like, well, yeah, but now all you get is three point shots. That's all you get. Yeah, and it's it's ruined. You know, baseline drives and and things like that. So, I don't know. Yeah, stop, stop it. <laughs> yeah, and and like just like with basketball, there's going to be certain things that that change the game and and borderline ruin it, and and we don't want that to happen. That and that's kind of what what the problem is with that, with this whole revolution of the launch angle and hitting over the shift and things like that. Yeah. It's like, no, no, we saw a double the other day because a dude bunted against the shift. Yeah. I'd be okay with the bunt double. Absolutely. I'm just fine with that. 
Yeah. So, and hopefully that will prompt guys to do the same thing and and say, no, we just need to keep things simple, keep it the way it is, and, and we'll be just fine. So uh, everybody listening, we want to hear your thoughts on these things. Uh, we'll put up a post in the VIP group on Facebook, it's the 9 Plus Us VIPs. You can go there. To, you can get there by going to the 9 Plus Us page, searching groups, and then it's the only one available. So you can come in, request to join. We'd love to see you there, and uh, we want your opinion on these things. Make sure that you like, subscribe, rate, review, whatever you want to do with the podcast if you like us. And uh, we'll catch you next time.